On the Aggie Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. Smith's fresh for everyone. Locker 42, your source for Aggie apparel. And by Guild Mortgage. Own what matters. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show. A lot going on this week, uh, and we're going to have a wide variety of a show as uh, not just basketballs. We'll chat with Craig Smith and Marco Anthony coming up in the second half of the show. But we'll also chat some uh, women's basketball and some volleyball as well as the new head coach of the uh, Utah State uh, volleyball team, Rob Nilsson, kind enough to join us for a segment out of the gate. Coach, how are you? Uh, great to be here. I'm excited to be here. Well, you know, it's a good place to play, hang out, too. Not only chat a little volleyball, but great food here at Old Chicago. So we love everybody to come by and say hi. But what a crazy year for you, um, taking over a program trying to get it back on track in the middle of a pandemic, having your season postponed, what, four or five months. What's mm -hmm. this been like for you? Uh, it's great. I love – I'm so excited to come back to the college game, uh, you know, spend some time on the men's side of the game, spend some time in international volleyball. And so I love just the college atmosphere, uh, teaching, mentoring young people, being around young people. Yeah. I mean, this is such a great group that we get to coach. Um, and right, the pandemic having season delayed, it's been crazy, but it's uh, it's been a blessing. You know, all the systems we're trying to implement, the things that we're trying to get accomplished. Uh, I think we've been able to use our time wisely, and and now we have some lessons to learn in the midst of competition. That are yeah. uh, it's great to get those lessons as well. So, what is uh, just kind of take us through when you get the position? then trying to recruit, trying to set up a season, having it postponed. So like drinking from a fire hose a little bit. What's that been like? Yeah, always. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to uh, change culture. Um, yeah. We're trying to teach new systems, teach them how to play in a little bit different way. Uh, and then, you're, yeah, you're, your job is to develop players and to, to bring in great players. And so uh, recruiting's probably been the biggest change, right? We're not able to go out on the road. Usually you're gone just, uh, all, you know, all the weekends in spring and over summer. Um, and so it's been great to have some time with family, but we're itching to uh, get back out on the road, hopefully here sometime soon to get recruiting. So uh, just to get a little background on you, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, you would have been in the coaching in the Olympics had it not been postponed, correct? That was the hope, yeah. It was plans to go yeah. to Tokyo in, uh, in 2020. Obviously, uh, that got delayed. We were looking for, you know, what's next after yeah. the Olympics. Was that um, on the men's side? On the men's side, okay. yeah, with Coach John Spira. And, uh, you know, we found this opportunity. Uh, this program came open. I had visited here probably five or six years ago. Uh, I was coached by uh, the previous coach, Grayson DuBose, yeah. uh, when I was a player at BYU. Uh, just before he came up here. And I remember visiting and just driving into the valley thinking, man, this is a wonderful place. What a great place to raise a family. And then coming to the facilities and just thinking, man, this, this can be a special program. And so, you know, while we were looking for something to do after the Olympics, this job came open and uh, threw our name in the hat. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have the opportunity. Obviously, the Olympics didn't work out, but it's, uh, it's been really a blessing to be here uh, you know, be supported by Utah State Athletics, and uh, we're excited to get going. So, apologize if this is a dumb question, but from a mindset of a coach, 
is there much of a transition coaching on the men's side or the women's side? Is there a lot of it from, I mean, obviously it's the same game, but from just how you approach the game and things along those lines, is there much of an adjustment there? Uh, you know, maybe the, the speed of the game isn't quite the same. And so, and, you know, technically, obviously what the men can do on the national yeah. team is, is unbelievable, so impressive. And so tactically, you're trying to scale a few things back, right? We're not going to try to do tactically what we can't do technically. Um, but for the most part, I think the, the women's game is starting to evolve uh, to the way that the men are playing. You know, more attacks out of the back row, a little bit faster pace, uh, pin to pin, ways that uh, the men have been putting pressure on defenses. Uh, the women are starting to kind of adopt those and and the game is moving that way. And then just personalities maybe is a, a little yeah. different. Yeah. There's a little bit of an adjustment there, uh, but maybe not as much as people think. Yeah. So do you uh, so do you formulate a you want an aggressive style, much like the men's uh, in your coaching philosophy? Yeah, I mean, you're it, just in the game of volleyball. It's got to be fast. It's got to yeah. be aggressive. You know, we got to be on the attack. You're trying to get this ball to the ground. And uh, and so, you know, it's an arms race, whether you're on the men's side, whether you're on the women's side. You're trying to find big arms and people that can uh, power the ball and make it difficult for the other side to handle it. Um, and so, you know, and, and then I think that the mentality that we want to have when we approach these games is we want to be on attack. Yeah. Uh, and, and right. And so that's I think that's some of the adjustments that we're trying to make is, is inserting that mentality. When you go out and you look for talent now, obviously, the pandemic's made it hard for a lot of visits and things along those lines. But uh, we always talk on the football side and sometimes on the basketball side, what the talent level is like in the state of Utah. And we always hear that, especially on the football side, talent level has just been exploding here in the state of Utah. What's it like on the volleyball side here in the state as far as recruiting goes? Yeah, absolutely the same for women's volleyball. Uh, the sport is growing a ton. Uh, women's volleyball is now the most played women's sport nationally. Um, and uh, Utah has done a great job. A ton of the club coaches have done a really nice job, not only in training players, but in finding, recruiting, uh, you know, bringing great people in, great athletes into the sport. And and really treating them right and getting athletes excited about, you know, working hard and, and developing in the sport. And, uh, you know, now you see coaches from all around the country trying to come into the state and finding yeah. talent here. Much like the football and, side, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So we're trying to keep them, keep them at home. What's, what's that process been like during, uh, during the pandemic? Uh, just the, on the recruiting side? On the recruiting side, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, you're trying to develop relationships with different people. I, I had been um, – I'd worked with a software company that had done volleyball analytics uh, okay. back in 2015, 2016. So I had developed a lot of relationships with club coaches, college coaches. Um, and so that's what you're trying to do, right? Trying to uh, leverage those relationships and find out, hey, who the talent is and yeah. who can progress and, and hopefully help uh, having them help steer athletes uh, to take a look at what we're trying to accomplish and, and hopefully catch, uh, catch our vision. Uh, doing things... Um, virtually has been a little tough. You know, yeah. you want to be in person and, and see, but you're we're, not, and we're you're making not, the best of it. You're not allowed to go to games, right, or, no. or club events or anything like that? No, it's a total dead period wow. is what the NCAA calls it. So uh, yeah. we can't have athletes to campus uh, for recruiting purposes, and we can't go out and recruit. So it's it's been wild, but uh, everybody's in that situation, and yeah. and we're uh, finding our way through. Well, let's talk about the season. Um, you have to get delayed a few months. Uh, finally, you're back at it. Kind of give us the uh, 
the 30,000 foot view of, of the season and what you've liked so far and what you need to improve on? Um, yeah, it just, it's been a year since we've competed. And so, you know, I, we've made all these improvements in our gym and, and you have a team that's just itching to get back out there and compete. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we had, un- unfortunately, you know, some low expectations. We were picked to finish last in our conference. We had much higher expectations of ourselves and have those expectations. Um, and so, uh, we're excited to kind of show what we can do and show what we've yeah. learned. Uh, we've played some of the best teams in conference so far. We played against Wyoming. Uh, who's picked to probably will be a top three team. Boise State will be a top three team. UNLV will be a top three team. So it's been some tough lessons yeah. so far. You took Wyoming, what, to five five sets right out of the gate? Yeah, took them to five. I thought we played well. We had definitely had some chances. But uh, all those lessons of, okay, how do you win? Uh, how do you play at crunch time? Where do you take swings? You know, can we stay aggressive from the service line? Uh, there's been a lot of positives that we take away. Um, you know, we have as many kills as our opponents. Uh, a serve and pass, we've we've sort of dominated those the first, you know, three out of the four, th- first yeah. four matches. And so those are things that you want to see. And now it's just a little bit of, uh, you know, the nuances in terms of play and the way we attack and the way we put pressure on teams that help us win. I kind of imagine it's kind of universal with, with any sport, just learning how to win, learning Absolutely. how to do those little things in a game that, to get you over the top and then it becomes a habit and then you start winning at a high level absolutely and it's a process and and our our team has done a wonderful job you know they've done everything that we've asked they've worked so hard and uh and now we just you know there's some lessons that you have to learn in competition when the yeah. lights are a little brighter yeah the blocks a little bit bigger the teams are a little bit more physical uh and those are lessons that you know we could learn in our gym and uh and so now we get to kind of see some of those things and and move forward i know that uh that the facility is really cool up there the estes facility it's awesome and then when you get fans in there it actually gets rowdy during some volleyball games in the past it'd be great to see that again here in the near future you know we can't wait and and we've had a hundred you know a hundred people i think is the limit that's uh, been in the estes so it's just been a you know players family and friends pass list but it's a great facility for us you know you get about 15 to 2,000 people 1,500 to 2,000 people and they're rocking yeah and, uh, you know, we're excited to outgrow that. We, we think that, uh, you know, women's volleyball is such a great sport. It's such a great spectator sport. There's so much to love about it. You know, just showcasing uh, these athletes and their athleticism and their fight and yeah. just the way they get after it. And so, you know, we're excited to, uh, to get that place rocking. And then, you know, hopefully we'll get back into the spectrum and uh, start packing the spectrum. Well, I will say this. When you look at the Mountain West Conference, you talked about it. Um, there's there's some really, really good teams. This is a fun conference for women's volleyball. Yeah, it's a great conference and a lot of really good coaches uh, who are doing the right things, playing the right way. Um, and so it's competitive. And, you know, there's just there's a lot of great schools, uh, great campuses, yeah. great places to be, and we think this is one of them. This is a special place, and I think we can get a lot of great players that are excited to play for Utah State. Well, Coach, we appreciate you coming by. Uh, rooting for you the rest of the way. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you, and uh, let's do this again soon. All right. Great to be with the voice of the Aggies. Yeah, that's Rob uh, Nielsen. He is the uh, new head coach of the women's volleyball team. Get out there if you can snag one of those tickets. Get out there and support that team. Continue on next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
Welcome on back. You're listening to the Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. Love for you come by and hang out with us. Good crowd down here tonight. So uh, come down and uh, say hi, and we'll get you uh, some great food, great beverages. And, again, shout-out to everybody who's joining us on the Utah State Athletic uh, Facebook page on Facebook Live. So let's, try, uh, let's talk some women's hoops as uh, Juwan Scaife, assistant coach for uh, Kayla Ard, kind enough to join us. Coach, how are you? Doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. By the way, record holder, and, and I, I hope it still stands, most three-pointers made in a career at Ball State. Is that right? It does not stand anymore, but I did. Somebody got it? Yes, my teammate the very next year. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you had it for a year, I guess. I huh? did. I did. <laughs> so so talk about your transition from playing in the men's game and, uh, and uh, coaching now on the women's side. What was that like? It was different, you know, something that I always knew I wanted to get into in terms of coaching and did not even think about the women's side. But I think when my sister, um, who is now, she just finished playing at the University of Dayton, she was playing overseas, um, when she came up, that's when uh, women's basketball really came into my mind quite a bit as I got older. So once I got out of college, I just kind of smoothly made the transition yeah. and dots connected and just took off from there. What, uh, you know, going back from the coaches you had on the men's side to how you approach things on the women's side, is it about the same? Is, is it a little different on how you have to approach things? Um, it's very similar. I mean, I, I think I think guys are wired a little bit differently in terms of the motivation, and you have to find different ways to motivate, um, you know, guys and women as well. So yeah. it just depends. But for the most part, I mean, it's, you just got to find a way to build a relationship with, with the kids and the players and figuring out what makes them tick and, and just go from there. Um, what, talk about after playing. How did you – what was some of the first coaching jobs that uh, – that ultimately landed you here at Utah State? Yeah, so when I finished playing, I wanted to go overseas, but I broke my leg uh, during the middle of my last year. So I ended up getting surgery, and I ended up becoming a GA for our men's team at Ball okay. State um, as a graduate assistant there. And I wanted to just train until I got overseas, and then I ended up enjoying it. And after two years, um, the opportunity knocked on, the, knocked on the door for me, and I had a coach who was on the women's side at Ball State at the time. She got a head coaching job in southeast Missouri State, and I just reached out to her and, we had lunch, and it kind of just happened, and that's kind of how I made the transition from there and decided not to play ball anymore and try to go overseas. Was it tough giving that up? You know, it's it was bittersweet. I, I mean, bet. I, 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 bet. Felt, I felt like I did what I did in college, and I have any regrets, but, you know, at the same time, um, coaching was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life, so it was a career that I didn't want to pass up on. Yeah. Um, so what ultimately led you here to Utah State? What was the conversation like with Coach Ard that uh, brought you here? Well, actually, Coach Ard coached my sister at the University of Dayton for two years. Oh, so no that's kind of how the dots connected, how I met her. Um, and then once she got this job, she gave me a call, and we've been keeping in contact throughout the years. So once she, once she called me, it just made sense. We had, and we had a nice conversation. We talked about it just about every day prior to that point. And uh, it just made sense. I came out here, checked it out, and just loved, wanted to be a part of this and help her out as much as I could. So we need to back up here a little bit. You've talked about your sister a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how uh, how how many uh, how many kids were in the family, and did you all play basketball? Yeah. So I have two younger sisters. One is 22, and the other one is 17. She's a junior. Um, all right. The 22-year-old grew up watching me, and she kind of just played like I did. It just kind of runs in our family um, all around from Indiana where we're from. And then my baby sister hated basketball, and she just started playing last year, and she's actually not that bad. So she's starting to pick up on it a little bit and trying to get into it. So So, uh, between uh, your sister that's 22, I got to imagine growing up, there's probably some fun games in the backyard. Um, a little bit. I mean, I never let her win. I was I'm that, just kind of competitive nice. like that. Um, so she would never win. But she did um, get a lot of that competitive edge just yeah. from playing with guys a lot and being around us because there wasn't very many girls who actually played as much from where we're from. So she kind of picked up all, all that from us. So when you take over a program and you're a new staff, 
what's that process like to try to develop new culture and, and new ideas and, and everything that goes along with it? Is it, I got to imagine there's a little bit of heavy lifting there. Well, it's definitely a process. I mean, it's, it's exciting. I think the, um, the idea of having brand new faces, kids that we've never met, have to build relations with them and try to get them to change and understand what we're trying, the direction we're trying to go in. Um, it's exciting. You, you go through your bumps and bruises and your growing yeah. pains, but um, it's been a great process, and I think we're enjoying it as we go. Talk about your team a little bit. What have you, uh, what have you seen from them? And, and, and obviously uh, some ups and downs there, but, uh, but, but uh, what you've liked from this team and what do you want to see from them going forward? Well, we're, de- we're definitely growing, I'll tell you that for sure. Um, it, it doesn't always show up on paper, um, yeah. but I think um, behind the scenes in, within our locker room, within our staff as well, um, our kids are really picking up with some stuff and learning and getting better. And, you know, sooner or later it's, it's going to show itself, but we're trying to get them to understand that every day you have to bring it. You have to have that same attitude, that energy, and, um, and just that love for, for the game. And so we're trying to pick up on that, and that's been um, the challenge for us. When, when, you, uh, when you suffer a string of losses, how is you – because not only are you a coach, you're a bit of a psychologist too, you know. <laughs> you got, you got to work with emotions and make sure that everybody's mind's right. Uh, I know you work with Riley Jensen a little bit. He's a good friend of ours uh, on the mental, mental side as well. Uh, but, but what do you do to try to keep sure everybody's positive and keeping their minds right? Well, I, I think as an assistant, you know, our job is just trying to really make sure that we can check the pulse on each kid. Um, but our head coach, Coach Kayla Art, has done a great job of just trying to keep the entire pulse of the entire team and trying to un- make them understand, hey, listen, even though it's not showing up, we are definitely further than where we started. And that's the biggest thing. Sometimes people get so caught up in where you are right now rather than looking at how far, they, how far we've came. So I think yeah. that's something that's really been important, just looking, seeing the bigger picture. And we're going to get there at some point, but Coach Kayla Art has done a great job in terms of helping our girls see that. Well, i got to imagine, too, it's, it's kind of fun to realize the building blocks you're putting in now and, and how it's going to pay dividends down the line. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you, like, like I said, you start to build those blocks, and just because, you know, you build the foundation, it doesn't always yeah. show, but w- sooner or later it's, it's going to hit, and we're really going to be able to get to where we want to be, but it just takes one step at a time. What's this conference like for women's basketball? This conference is pretty tough. Um, this is my first year getting a yeah. chance to experience it, and I've been in some other conferences in my past as well. But this one, I mean, there's there's not much drop-off. A lot of these teams are competitive. They have a lot of things in place, um, and uh, it's just something we got to be ready for. So, look, obviously COVID's a huge issue, and, and we need to take it seriously. But as a coach, when, you know, you start feeling like you're building momentum and then you got to take a week off, and then, you know, I, I can't imagine what that's like for a coach. Oh, man. Or even a player, too. Oh, it, yeah. it's, it's tough. It's tough for us, and I can't even imagine how it is for the kids. I mean, we're in our own little bubble, and we're trying to encourage them not to go out, not to yeah. be with their friends and, and to spend a lot of their time in the gym. and. Um, for every, it's not for everybody, you know, yeah. and it's, it's been a struggle. You know, you start to pick up momentum and then you got two kids that are out and you have five kids that are out and you have to just kind of take a step backwards. Um, we're just trying to have a, a positive environment and trying to help make sure those kids don't get too down themselves because the mental aspect, the mental toll yeah. of what COVID to do to these kids, we don't really even understand sometimes until it hits them. Yeah. So we're trying to help them and help them have that positive mentality and um, just trying to bring the energy as much as we can. What can these kids do if a program goes on pause for like, let's say a week? Can they still come into the gym and get shots up? I mean, what, what, what are they allowed to do? You know, that's, that's a great question. Uh, we, we haven't, luckily, we haven't had our entire team paused. Okay. So usually when we have a group of kids that are paused, they're out and everybody else can still have access to the gym and stuff so, like that. So when you miss games, more often it's because of your opponent, not necessarily you. Absolutely. That's what it's and been so far. And that's got to be so frustrating because <laughs> you're every, doing everything right and you still feel like you're probably getting a little penalized. Here. Absolutely. absolutely. It's frustrating sometimes. It definitely yeah. is. Holy smokes. <laughs> uh, so – 
uh, going forward, uh, what do you want to see out of this team from an X's and O standpoint? What are some of the improvements you want to see this team, the next steps this team needs to take? Well, the, the biggest thing that we've been stressing is we want our kids to have 100% focus, effort, and, um, and just being all in with, with yeah. what we're doing. I, I think the biggest thing, you can talk about X's and O's and all different types of strategies and schemes, but we want our kids to understand that in order to be competitive in this league, before we do anything else, you have to be all in. You have to have 100% focus. You've got to give it all you got every time you step on the floor because that's what a lot of these teams do. That's why they're so good because they bring it every single day and their culture is in place. Being around Coach Ards, I can tell, you know, she wants that aggressive, upbeat style of basketball. Is that a fun style and is that an attractive style to recruit to when you're going out and talking to players? Oh, 100%. It's definitely fun. She's definitely brought a different type of vibe uh, yeah. to Utah State for our girls. And like I said, it hasn't shown yet, but – the, the energy and the pace that she wants to play at, it can, it can attract a lot of different kids and a lot of, different a lot of talent, and that's yep. what we're trying to get down the road as well. Um, but I think it'll help us quite a bit. i got to imagine, though, I've, and I've heard some other coaches say this, kids say they want to play in it, but then when they <laughs> go in and they're running gassers and stuff like that, they're like, well, maybe I, this wasn't the way. Exactly. You, people, they always see the result of, yeah. of what it looks like, but they don't see the stuff in between, the hard work that leads to that and all the running and the conditioning you have to do with the ball, without the ball. Um, and just taking care of your body. So you're right. A lot of kids say that until they actually get there, and then they actually realize how hard yeah. it is, especially thinking on the fly as well. I've got to imagine, too, though, and I've heard Coach Ard say this as well, she loves the work ethic. This seems like a good group that are willing to put in the work and do whatever it takes to be successful. Absolutely. Our, our, ki our kids are trying. That's the biggest thing. They're trying, and, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get every, all the pieces to come together, but we have a lot of things we're trying to get in place. And the biggest thing we're trying to give our kids, we're giving our kids credit for, is they are actually trying. So we're going to get there, but – it takes time. Yeah. Um, the uh, the landscape of the season and what you've expected and, and what you hope for, do you feel like this team's on a good trajectory right now? I feel like we are. I feel like we are. I think our mentors are getting the right place. Coach Art is doing a good job of, of, um, of building that culture in the right yeah. place as well. And like I said, that, that does nothing but grow every single day. Um, so I'm hoping that that continues to grow with our girls, and I think if that's the case, you know, our trajectory is going to look really good. So if a coach or if a player out there is like, Coach, you don't know what you're talking about. You're like, give me the ball. I'm going to step behind the three-point line, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll show you that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Every so often I have to jump in practice and just, do a little something. Just remind everybody. Uh, huh? Yeah, I, I try to blend in as much as I can, but I, I kind of do whatever I'm told. So whatever I'm needed for, I try to help as much as I can. And we have a couple other coaches on our staff that actually do the same thing. Yeah. So it's – it's kind of fun getting back out there a little bit and showing the kids kind of what it takes and the way you got to go about the game mentally and physically. So it's 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 fun. What's it like uh, coaching under Coach Hard? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. I, I've known her for about five years now, even prior to her being a head coach. Um, and the great thing is we have a great relationship off the court as well. I, I really appreciate uh, how loyal she is, and I, I try to give that back to her as much as I can. But um, we just aligned in so many ways in terms of court. She's an offensive-minded coach. She loves yeah. to run and get out, and I'm the same way. So we kind of just align perfectly, so I really enjoy working for her. Who's the better golfer? Oh, I don't golf, so. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Because like, no. I, I, I know she, she loves the golf. She's she out does. There a lot. She's but, out But you haven't picked up the sticks yet, huh? You know, I, I'm not good enough to, um, to kind of get into it yet. I'm still a little nervous because I don't want to get exposed, so I'm All trying right. to trying to stick with what I'm good at because I'm super competitive, so I can't be out there yeah. <laughs> stinking up the place. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming by. I uh, can't wait to uh, see more out of this team as you guys continue to build this thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate Coach, it. Coach Scaife joining us right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Coming up next, Marco Anthony will join us. Also, Craig Smith as well from Learfield IMG College.
Well, come on in. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show here from Learfield IMG College. Hey, Aggie fans, does your game room need an update? Fisher Home Furnishings has you covered. Visit fisherhf.com to enter for your chance to win a framed USU basketball photo, tickets to an upcoming Aggie games, and $500 to Fisher Home Furnishings. Joining us now, Marco Anthony uh, from this Utah State basketball team. Coach Craig Smith will join us here in just a moment. But, Marco, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Look, you know, I I love calling these games. I've been miserable the last week and a half not calling a game. I can't imagine what it's like for you not being able to play a game. Uh, Yeah, it's rough, but, you know, you got to do what you you can. Have you – what what has this last week and a half been like for you? Have you been able to, you know, just kind of work on some fundamentals or what's been the uh, point of emphasis during this uh, time off? Um – a lot of lists, a lot of, a lot of playing. We've done a lot of um, like scrimmages and stuff like that, just to get our uh, keep our game feel uh, up and just making sure we're not rusty in any aspects or anything like that. Overall, what's the season been like for you? Uh, do you feel like things are? Uh, are you proud with what this team has been able to put together? And are you excited for what this last uh, month is going to look like for this team? Almost definitely. Um, uh, I feel like this year has been great, um, both personally and as a whole group. I feel like we still have plenty more growing to do, and that's the that's the scary part, and it's the fun part as well. And um, just seeing how much we get better each and every day, um, it's really crazy. But you know, you love to see it. Yeah, you certainly do. Uh, this team is certainly. Uh, holding on to the top spot in the Mount West Conference. Uh, because you guys are on the top, do you, uh, do you do a lot of scoreboard watching, especially in this last week and a half, uh, of seeing what else is going on in the conference? Uh, we don't really, you know, we just do our own thing. We don't really um, look at other things. We just worry about ourselves and worry about what we can do to stay where we're at and uh, just worry about what we can also do to just continue to evolve and get better. You know, I think you touched on this as well because obviously we've seen this team win a bunch of games and you guys have been really, really good. But I think we can also see there's a ton of room for improvement. You guys probably see that as well and and understand as good as you've been, you guys can be even better. And I think that's a scary thing for the rest of the conference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're really struggling on, you know, the turnovers and um, it's just a lot of stuff that we can fix and that – I mean, I feel like we are fixing and building on, and um, it's nothing that's, you know, just set in stone and that it's just, oh, we can't get better at it because everything that we're um, struggling with, we can get better at. So, you know, it's looking good. You know, the thing I really like about this team, obviously, uh, with you and Kata, Kata's averaging 12, you're averaging 11, uh, Bean's averaging 10, you got Brock at 9.8, uh, Raleigh at 9.6. It just seems like on any given night, somebody can come up and be the guy. And, and that's, that's, that's a fun thing I got to imagine to be a part of when you're as balanced as scoring across the board as you are. Oh yeah, for sure. And it takes the load off of, it takes the load off of everybody. Cause, um, say it's one of those nights where it's just not, you know, the ball's not going in the hoop for you. You could trust that one of your teammates are going to pick that up and more, more times than not. I mean, that's, that's worked for us. Coach has mentioned that uh, 
when the ball moves, you guys are so good offensively, and that's the case, and you're averaging over 16 assists a game. Is that really kind of a, one of the biggest keys to your offense? If you move the ball and it, and it moves around a lot, that you're going to have great shots and uh, and that offense is really going to click? Yeah, of course, and that works with any offense because if you play any um, solid defensive group, what they want you to do is um, they want the other team to just stand there with the ball and uh, just stay there dribbling and dancing and everything. But, you know, any team can't keep up with uh, ball movement, and that's just, you know, it's just basketball. When you have a guy like uh, Namish behind you, uh, when you're playing perimeter defense, does, how, does that allow you to take a lot of risks and, and try to really be aggressive in your defense, knowing that if a guy does get around you, uh, you got a big seven-footer who loves to block shots right behind you? Um, well, yes, but we really take pride in staying sound defensively and um, not really taking risks, but it definitely uh, brings your energy on a on another level because you feel like you could pick up higher or, um, just knowing that if something goes wrong behind you with Nimi and he's more times than not, he's going to make a good play on the ball. Does Nimi ever talk about uh, the fact that he uh, at one point this year was the assist leader on this team, uh, but still has dished out 46 assists on the season. I mean, his ability to pass out of the post is just phenomenal. And, and I got to imagine it leads to a lot of great shot opportunities for you guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just him being double teamed and, you know, there's always going to be a guy open and him just being able to uh, deliver that ball to the open guy, that's a gift. So let's talk about Boise State. Obviously, just in case uh, anybody from Boise State is listening right now, um, you don't need to go into too many X's and O's, but what, do you, what are some of the keys you guys need to do to uh, get out of Boise with a couple of W's? I mean, all around, they're uh, they're great. They're great all around. They have a lot of pieces, and they play you know really well together. They're very good on both ends of the floor, and um, – yeah, just that, and if we just do what we do, it's just gonna—it's gonna be a real good one. It's gonna be a real good two games. Do you feel like the time off has helped? Uh, maybe rest up some guys. Do you feel like you might be a little rusty? Are you concerned at all about the time off you've had in between games? Um, I'm not really concerned because, uh, like I said before, in our practices we've done a lot of um, game time, like scrimmages and stuff like that, to keep our feel with each other. Uh, up to par and you know I feel I feel good with where we're at hmm. this team is so good defensively and is you know one of the uh, best defenses in the country um what do you guys I gotta imagine you know you learned pretty quickly that to take pride in defense and playing defense it seems like that's always been part of your game and that's why it's been such a good fit for you at Utah State but what is it about this team that makes you guys so great and such a lockdown defense I mean like, the point of emphasis in the summer for us was, you know, our culture is defense. Um, defense leads to easy offense. It leads to easy points. And, you know, defense wins championships. And, you know, we just – that's what we want to do, so we really take pride in it. Marco Anthony, kind enough to join us right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. It's Utah State and Boise State coming up uh, Wednesday and Friday of this week. Man, can't wait to see you guys back out on the court. Looking forward to it. And uh, let's catch up again here real soon. Yes, sir. Can't wait. 
You got it. Marco Anthony right here on the Aggie Sports Network again from Learfield IMG College. Hey, USU Credit Union has been serving true Aggie since 1957 and has seven locations around Cache Valley, including the branch located on Utah State University's campus inside the University's Welcome Center. USU Credit Union offers, offers financial services such as mortgages, home equity line of credit, uh, student loans and savings, and retirement accounts. More information about services and applications are available at usucu.org or in person at any branch location. We'll hear from Coach Craig Smith next from Learfield IMG College. All right, welcome back. It's the Craig Smith Coaches Show with the coach himself, Craig Smith, on the program. Coach, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. How about them Aggies? Let's go. Boy, I, come on. We're so quiet in here. <laughs> what I, kind of jersey is that over there? 40, uh, 44. Is that a Jaguar jersey? Is that a Jaguars? Or is that a hockey? Is it the Sharks? Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's what my first instincts was. But you don't see many 44. Marco Anthony. Yeah, there you Marco go. Marco wears the – it's like the Wendy's 4x4, four four, baby. 4 for 4 4 for 4 Can't go wrong. It's hey. Marco's new nickname. <laughs> All right. So uh, what's the last week and a half been like for you? Well, I've seen it. I uh, got to see my kids play a couple games. Yeah. I saw a movie. and watched, I feel like I've watched every Boise State game that they played all year because by the time we play them, we'll have one game in 22 days, which isn't super ideal in yeah. January and February. Um, no. Um, yeah, it's it's been uh, a little bit different. Took my wife out for Valentine's Day dinner. Probably the good for you. Probably the first time. Oh, I can't imagine last long, time you guys uh, were able to uh, spend Valentine's know. Day. So together. she liked that. That was good. So um, yeah, we've had some practices. I think the guys are getting sick of practices and they want to play somebody different. Does it almost feel like? I, I, and I don't know the basketball equivalent term of it, but fall camp in football. Yeah, it does. It yeah. really does. Uh, it feels like October again. Uh, I will say, you know, we've had. Um, We've just had so many stops and starts. I mean, we haven't stopped on this one. We've been able to practice, but when you don't play a game for – I mean, it's just ironic. We had um, four games in eight days, six games in 14 days, and now we're going to have one game in 22 days. So certainly not ideal. Boise is a very good team. Um, they do a lot of things well, immensely talented, and um, they put you in a lot of tough spots. But our guys are just excited to be – hopefully be able to play a game and – Hopefully nothing changes here in the next two days, you know, from our school or from our standpoint or their standpoint. Well, you always, uh, you know, you always talk about this in terms. I know you're an NFL playoff guy, and you know that first round or that second round when the number one seed has a bye, you always hear the rest versus rust. Yeah. Hey, you concerned about that with this team? Well, I mean, it's just a long time, and you yeah. like we've told our guys. You know, sometimes when you have this whole period of time, it's easy to get softened up. Yeah. You know, where you haven't had game competition and you're in practice and you're doing drill work that you've been doing for. So, um, you know, it's just part of the deal. But they haven't, you know, Boise's had a pretty routine schedule here lately. It's not like they've had an unbalanced schedule. It seems like they're playing pretty much every, you know, yeah. Thursday, Saturday or Wednesday, Friday or whatever it might be. So, um I'm not sure what to expect. It, I thought we showed a little bit of rust, you know, that first half of um, at Fresno, but then I thought we really settled in in that second half. And that just seems like an eternity ago. But, you know, the good news is our guys are kind of used to this by now, you know, where yeah. it's almost like our fourth Christmas break. And so you just – our guys have really handled this very, very well. 
Um, obviously, they were disappointed when those games got canceled. But from day one, we really stressed it's going to be a different year. And all you can do is control what you can control. And, and that's your be where your feet are. Yeah. Right? Be where, you, where your feet are on that given day. And our thought our guys have really handled that um, in a very good way. And, of course, we really respect Boise. And um, they've had a heck of a season up to this point. And, and like I said, you just throw on a – you just go watch them play a game, and it's like, oh, they got this all-league guy and that all-league guy and this guy. And they probably have seven or eight guys that could start on half the teams in our league. So they're very, very deep. Uh, they're very skilled, and they're very athletic and very, very talented. What, uh, what issues does a guy like Derek Alston cause for your team? He's a heck of a player, definitely be an NBA player um, at 6'9". Uh, legitimately, it looks like he's – I feel like he's definitely improved from last year. Um, his body is really filled out. He's a lot sturdier, a lot stronger. Um, but he presents all kinds of problems. He's a very good defensive player. Uh, and at his size, all he needs is that kind of a window, and he can let it fly. And he's shooting it at a higher level, especially here recently. He's shooting at a high clip. So he gets to the rim. He's got a good pull-up. And he shoots it very, very well. So there's a lot of issues uh, when, it, when, it, when it comes to him. And he came back this year to, to, to win, and they're doing that. Uh, and then you've got, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people here remember Ray J. Dennis and, and some of the things he can do. Uh, but across the board, you know, it's a balanced scoring team uh, that, you know, you got Alston with 17, but uh, Kijab that's got 12 and 11 down the, down the stretch. I mean, these – it's a really well-balanced team that can get you from a lot of different angles. Well, any, you know, two nights ago, I think Alston had like nine points, and, and it, you know, it's just all those other guys. They're just they have so many weapons. Um, Alston Kijab, Kijab is one of the most improved players in the league. Not that he was, I mean, he was good last year, but he's really figured out their style of play, and he's playing a lot more disciplined and under control. And Marcus Shaver Jr. is a guy that transferred from Portland who. He can really, really get it going, and in a hurry, he's one of those guys. If he makes a shot, he's probably getting the making another one the next possession, and another one the next possession after yeah. that. And Ray J. Dennis really, obviously, went ballistic on us at their place. We don't want to talk about that anymore. Nope. Uh, Emmanuel Acott is a five-star recruit, went to Arizona for a reason, and transferred. And he's he didn't play till Christmas time. His last three games, maybe four, but he's played at a very high level. And he's a guy that plays one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Uh, three games ago, he was playing the five, and the last two games, he's played a ton of minutes at the point. You know, at his size, he, he causes a lot of issues. He's shooting it well now. He's really settled in. And those last three games, I mean, they didn't really take him off the floor. Um, so who knows? You know, and then the Armist kid, the last five games, is their starting center. He's averaged double digit points, he's averaging almost five offensive rebounds a game mm. the last five games as well. And I know I'm going right down the line. Dutrieve is an Arizona transfer as well. Uh, highly touted out of high school. He just started playing. And he's a guy that's kind of slinky and can just weave his way into the paint at almost any time. His minutes have really gone up here um, recently as well. And then Max Rice had a really good uh, November and December. And January as well. Hasn't shot it as well here quite, quite as well lately. Uh, but they're playing some other guys more minutes too. Yeah. So. They can throw a lot of guys at you, and uh, they're number one offensive team in our league in both points and, I believe, um, field goal percentage as well. So they do a lot of good things. But you know what? That's what good teams do. Yeah. They cause you problems, right? And so I'm sure we have some things that cause problems for our opponents as well. So it's going to be a heck of a contest. Well, and it also, this is an interesting storyline, is you've got 
Uh, I think Boise State might be a little outside of the top ten, but almost two top ten defensive rebounding teams in the country going head-to-head with each other. Yeah, and that's kind of been our calling card is, is defend and rebound, and they do a good job that way too. They're one and done. Um, they're a good defensive team, and they'll mix it up on you a little bit, certainly mostly man, but they'll throw a little zone at some teams and a, um, some random presses, whether it's full court run and jump or full court man or some some random one-two-two, and they give teams different looks that way. And that's, I think, they're, they're, obviously their talent is, is big time, but they're just so versatile. You know, when you got ACOT that can play one, two, three, four, five, and Derek Alston that can basically play two, three, four, and they'll play key jab at at the five and play a little bit of small ball, and they can just they move some guys. All they have that versatility, and it, and so now you got to really think about what are your matchups, how do you want to go about it, what are some lineups that they can really if they have this lineup there, we don't really want this lineup, and yeah, and we I've said this for three years now. Good teams can win a lot of different ways, and they certainly have that ability to win a lot of different ways. But you and I have talked about this too. That's also a strength that you've got as well, it especially is. one through four being able to switch around. It is. We can we can we can play big. We can play fun, uh, small with Fonz at the five. Yeah. We have more even more rim protection now. I mean, Trevin is is really starting to turn the corner with some things, and and so we can do some different things that way too. And so um, I, I'm just you know. I'm excited to play. Um, hopefully we get to play. And don't read anything into that. I don't know anything <laughs> behind the scenes. But, you know, you get a little – you get a little well, – yeah. it's like that 12th round where your legs get a little weary, like, okay, yeah. what's coming next, you know? And you get whiplash, turn in the corner. But, you know, it, it, the guys love to play, and we're just excited to play a different team um, and really excited to play a very good team. How do you – um, and whether it's in a situation like this or in October, how hard is it to facilitate and s- simulate competition in practices and scrimmages and stuff like that at a high level where it needs to be? You're so good at asking, quite because that's a great question, and that's a question we've been thinking a lot about. You know, you, you know, um, when we found out about Wyoming, we'd already prepared for Wyoming, and now you're bringing them back, and you're like, okay. How do we keep their attention? We were trying to get a game. We thought we had two games lined up on Friday for Friday. Yeah. So now you're, you're like, what's our practice schedule? Where are we going to be? I know one of them. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And so we we and, and then it just they fell through. And so you're just so now you're dealing with that whole thing. And we tried to make a lot make thing you know work on situations, late game situations, other types of situations, mixing up the teams, doing all kinds of. We introduced a couple different games that we've never done before just trying to change the stimulus yeah to keep your guys fresh mentally where it's not oh now it's this again and it's this again and but i give our guys a lot of credit we i mean we had some days you could tell they were edgy with each other yeah you know because it's just oh i gotta guard you again you know max has got to guard you know marco or sean's got to guard there or trevin and Nimi going at it and just being in fonts uh, uh, you know see each other every day and it's like so you get a little bit of that, but you try to keep it spirited. And that's where the maturity of our guy, they did a really good job with that. Of course, you're going to have a few moments in there, but you do. You, you're really trying to think of how to attack the week, try to see the big picture, which we always do. But when you're not preparing for that specific opponent in that time, and you're just yeah. really trying to fine-tune and you try to in, in certain five-on-five segments or whatever, like let's lock into – X, Y, and Z, 
right, in this segment, let's really try to get better at these specific things. But then you're just trying to do your best to keep them in basketball rhythm where you're letting them play and play through mistakes and try to get their basketball is a rhythm and timing game. Let's yeah. be let's be real. Like, And so you're trying to get them as many long segments as you can playing five on five while also staying disciplined to what we're trying to accomplish, you know, and that's a, that's a fine line to balance that way. And, and we're a little bit, um, you know, we're a little bit, uh, how can I say this? A little bit thin on the perimeter, which is a weird thing. We essentially have five centers on our roster. So you get to where like the guards are just, when we're going live, there's not a lot of subs from that respect, Yeah. but the big guys could run all day. Cause it's like, well, we got this big guy, that big guy and good so on and so forth. So, um, it's a little bit of a fine line that way. Well, Coach, that's it. Wow. You like that? That was that was easy, huh? <laughs> Not bad at all. Yeah. You get used to this. I like. I, I look forward to the radio show, though. Like, we, I, I kind of enjoy it every week. and it's. I mean, I, I feel like not everyone's just kind of tuning us out right now anyway. So, like, they're all just <laughs> eating. We got the Sharks guy having some fun up there. and. Uh, he, um, he's not even paying attention. No, anymore. that's what I'm he's, saying. He's like they just drowned us out he, already. He's oh, yeah, now he's there, he's there. There he's back. I think. Oh, maybe not. Nope, no, no, he's no. gone. Psych, psych. <laughs> so anyway, hey, I'll talk to you pregame, coach. Good luck, and right. uh, let's chat after uh, Wednesday. Thanks, talk about a W. Yes, thanks everybody for coming out. Go Aggies! There you go. Wednesday, Friday, uh, Wednesday at seven, Friday at eight. Remember, uh, pregame show thirty minutes before, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.